It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. We're three days a week until training camp kicks off. So make this show your first listen every day. We got an episode when training camp kicks off. We'll be back to five days a week. So make sure you're you're are we are your first listen every single day. Uh, today's episode is the latest installment, the second installment of our Locked on Blazers countdown to tip off. We're running down every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers. We'll look at how they performed last season or how they wound up on the Blazers. We'll talk best case and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year. And we'll finish the episode talking likely role on the team this season. This is the second installment of our countdown to tip off. So if you missed the first one, we talked to Anthony Simons. Check your podcast feed or your YouTube feed, however you listen to this one today. We're getting mysterious. We're talking rookie Shaden Sharp. Let's, let's get in to Sharp's past and his future with the Blazers. Shaden Sharp went from future NBA player to a lottery pick in a matter of weeks in the summer of 2021. He was already regarded as the top player in his then high school graduating class of 2022. This was the top player in 2022. He was a consensus five-star recruit. He was going to be a, a collegiate star and the best player entering high school basketball that season. Or the best player in his graduating class that season. But... Then he just absolutely dominated. October of 2021 changed his life. Uh, the, the summer and then really that early fall circuit uh, on the Nike EYBL AAU circuit changed his life. Changed his life. If he went from being, okay, he's, you know, he's got a year left of high school and he's going to be the number one, you know, number one kid in his class to being like, oh, this dude might be ready now. Like he's that good now. And so he decided to reclassify, graduate right away in the class of 2021 and then opted to attend Kentucky. Uh, there was, when it was clear that Sharp was like going to head this path and he was he was going to reclassify, he was going to skip that final year of high school and, and, and move up. Uh, he had some other options. Like he had an offer from Kansas. Uh, the, the G League came a calling with uh, the G League Ignite, which is like an incubator program that allows you to, you know, play professional basketball, but still maintain your draft eligibility. That's part of the NBA's G League. But, but Sharp opted to go to Kentucky, a place that has produced a bunch of pros, um, you know, maybe not elite level pros in the last handful of years, but a ton of pros over the last decade. They've got a track record of churning out lottery picks. It's, it's what they do. But Sharp went another route. He was gonna. He was supposed to, you know, show up in that spring semester and be an NBA quality player. Instead, he was a practice player. He didn't play. He chose, and it was a personal decision, not not one that he reached with the university, but a personal decision. Chose to not play the games. He was just going to sit, practice with Kentucky, be on the bench, get out there, and and you know, uh, practice a little bit with collegiate level players, but not play any high level college basketball. In part to do exactly what ended up happening preserving his stock as a high lottery pick. You know, he was he was presumed to be a lottery pick when he showed up on campus, right? Like he had he had sort of jumped in line and was going to be the, you know, the top pick if he had graduated in 2020 or the top player in his class in 2022. He was still a five-star kid and and when he when he changed recruiting classes still, you know, a, a prized recruit. He was supposed to be an NBA type guy. This was exactly what was supposed to happen. But instead of allowing people to see him play against high-level competition, Sharp preserved the mystery in the 6'6", 19-year-old turn pro without ever playing a collegiate game. 
And how to work out for him? Well, he went seventh overall. The Portland Trailblazers it worked out pretty well. The Blazers chose to take a risk on the 6'6 wing who won't turn 20 until May of 2023. So there was Sharp, the mystery man who had played so well at AAU but hadn't really played high-level basketball beyond some AAU games. Summer League was supposed to be his first chance to play against pros, to play the highest level of basketball he had played, and to, to quite frankly, play for the first time in nearly a calendar year, basically uh, nine or ten months since he'd played his last competitive basketball game in October. And then just five minutes and 33 seconds into his Summer League career, Shaden Sharp was done. He missed a couple three-pointers. He hit a baseline pull-up, and then he, colliding with Jaden Ivey in a, in a fight for a loose ball rebound, he suffered or sustained rather a labral tear in his left shoulder that was it the Blazers didn't risk anything he was clearly in pain uh you know walked to the bench clearly holding his left arm and in discomfort he didn't appear again in summer league and there was some concern early whether he would because of the labral tear have to undergo surgery which could even put him further back in his uh, development arc that uh, is maybe a little longer and certainly unique to others in his position or others unique from others in his position. But instead, no surgery was required. And after just five and a half minutes, the mystery man remains a mystery. We still haven't seen him play, but Shaden Sharp should be ready to go. The team has released videos of him out on the practice court playing basketball, should be ready to go at training camp. Mysterious. And it leads us to the question that we always ask at this time. What's the best case and worst case scenario for Shaden Sharp? It's a guy who is has some juice to be a really special player, but he's a teenager entering the league with very, very little high-level basketball experience, basically none. I mean, the Nike EYBL is pretty good basketball, but it's not collegiate basketball. It's certainly not professional basketball. Shaden Sharp is taking a big leap from a- the AAU circuit to the Western Conference of the NBA. So what's the best case and worst case scenario? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. What's it going to look like for Sharp in year one? But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We're here. We've made it to the professional and college football season. And if you want action on either of those sports out on the gridiron, you can do it on betonline.net. Listen, your your weekends can be filled with winning money and watching a whole bunch of football if you go to betonline.net right now. If you don't want to bet on football, if you if other sports strike your fancy, they've got action on whatever you're looking for. Plus, they got articles to make you are smarter, better. So go take advantage today. Go to betonline.net. That's betonline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, and I usually do that in the third segment, but lately I've been doing it here too. All right, let's keep it rolling. With Shane Sharp, well, the best and worst case scenarios. We're doing these in our team previews, two, importantly, in two ways. These are within reason and without injury. When I say within reason, I mean we're talking the best case scenarios that are reasonable. We know everyone's best case scenario is like MVP trophies and all that stuff. And worst case scenario are your body breaking down. These are within reason and without injury. So what's the best case scenario within reason for Shane Sharp? is that he's too good to watch. He's too good to sit on the bench and be a spectator. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that the highlights you saw from AAU or you've, you've seen on, on, on the internet from his AAU days, 
the step back shooting, the just effortless hops and athleticism, the length and the creativity, get his own shot off and get to the rim that it translates to the pros. The the best case scenario is that Shaden Sharp is ready and that unlike many other 19-year-olds who've entered the league before him, Shaden Sharp doesn't need more seasoning. He doesn't need more help. He's ready to lift off. There have been, there have been you know, teenagers who have been very, very good in the league and the best case for scenario for Shaden Sharp is that he joins a select group of teenagers who enter the NBA ready to compete against NBA level players. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that he is an NBA small forward. In November and December, early on in the season, the best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that his skills are so obvious and so valuable that the Portland's already somewhat uh, confusing logjam at that 2-3 spot gets even more confusing. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that Chauncey Billups looks down the bench and says, well, I got to find minutes for Josh Hart and I got to find minutes for Gary Payton the second. I got to find minutes for Shaden Sharp. He looks down the bench and he has this conundrum. I got to find minutes for Nazir Little. I got, you know, it's the best case scenario is that Justice Winslow finds himself watching Shaden Sharp as opposed to Shaden Sharp watching Justice Winslow. Those two aren't exactly comparable, but they're likely the back end of that rotation, number nine or number 10 or eight or nine in the rotation, that it makes things confusing. The best case for Shaden Sharp is that this dude who was so dominant that he was ready to make the leap and skip his final year of high school, this guy who bet on himself and said, I do not need to play college basketball. I'll still be a lottery pick. The best case scenario was that he's right. He's right. And the gamble on himself, the bet that he's ready and his skill set, the obvious physical gifts that he has with his length and the athleticism and the shooting ability and the shot creation are all ready to go. The worst case scenario is just the simple truth that he's not ready. I don't think it's a big deal if someone who doesn't turn 20 years old until May of his first season in the pros would be not ready to contribute to basketball, a high-level basketball. I don't think it's a problem if Shaden Sharp's skills are impressive but not refined and he is too raw to be an NBA rotation player as a teen. I do not think it is... He will suffer if he spends most of his rookie season watching, learning, and, and you know, getting in skill work, getting stronger with an NBA franchise. I do not think it's an issue. But the worst case scenario is that he doesn't play. And he doesn't play because he's not ready to play. The worst case for Shaden Sharp is that like many teenagers before him, while there are a select group that have contributed, the worst case scenario is that he's not ready to contribute. It's not that he's way you know, is like a bust of a draft pick or any of those things. The worst case scenario is much simpler than that. It's much more straightforward. The best case scenario is that, or excuse me, the worst case scenario is that someone who hasn't played real basketball and by the time the season starts in in, in probably over a calendar month or over a, over a calendar month, over a calendar year, in 12 full months off of highly competitive basketball, no college basketball, no summer league, the worst case scenario is that he's not ready. But the worst case scenario is more than he's not ready in October. Like I said, the best case scenario is that he's ready to go, you know, two weeks into the season and three weeks into the season and, and that, that he gets little cameos and proves that he deserves more. And then, and then by the time you get, you know, the week of Christmas, Shaden Sharp is, is so good that he has to play. That's the best case scenario, right? Is that easy? You get 
30 games into the season and he's part of the plan and he's part of the plan every night and he's part of the plan every night because he's good, not because they're trying to squeeze him and make him part of the plan. He earns it. The worst case scenario is much simpler, much narrower, and much more basic is that he can't be part of the plan because he's not ready. It would be no reason to freak out or no reason to condemn the draft pick or any of those things. It would just be the simple truth. The worst case scenario is that Shaden Sharp is a contributor in year two after being a spectator in year one. That's the worst case scenario. I do not think for young players, particularly young players who are going to enter the league as young and with as little seasoning as Sharp has had, that that this worst case scenario is, 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 is anything other than just a reality of it being a man's league. It's a league for adults. I've said it a bunch on this show and I'll say it again here. It's a league for adults. And if you are not ready to play on a playoff team as a teenager, it doesn't mean that anything other than you are not ready to play on a playoff team as a teenager. The Blazers fancy themselves a really good team or a competitive team. Sharp might not be ready for that. Which is what I want to talk about in the third segment is what is that? What we close the show with in these season previews is realistic role and expectations. The best case and worst case scenario set the polls, right? Uh, the, at the at the positive end of the bowl, the far end of the bowl, is that he's so good he has to play every night and he's part of the rotation. And he's your he's your backup small forward and he's playing you know real minutes and he's playing 18 minutes a game and he's playing you know two nine minute shifts a half because he's he's darn good and you got to get him on the court. And the worst case scenario is he doesn't play at all because he's not ready and because you just can't carve out minutes for someone who needs as much developmental time as Sharp when you're trying to be good. So somewhere between that zero minutes a night and 18 minutes a night is where Sharp is likely to land. And that's what I want to close the show talking about is once we've established the polls, where does the pendulum lean towards? That's what we'll do to close the show. But before I do that, I want to tell you about something coming up on the network that's going to be a whole bunch of fun. It's the NBA Top 50. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Who is the most valuable player in the NBA this season? Well, Locked On and Bet Online are going to bring you the NBA Top 50 Most Valuable Players starting on September 19th. You can find it on Locked On NBA or wherever you get podcasts, plus on YouTube. Don't miss it. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. And while I was tempted to do this intro in the third segment, or second segment, we finally made it to the third segment, so that intro was appropriate. Let's talk about Shaden Sharp. We set the parameters in, in segment number two. But what, what we do to close the show in these season previews is talk about where Sharp is likely to land. And I think where Sharp is likely to land will speak more about where the Blazers are than where Sharp is. I am of the belief that it is usually, typically, a choice that NBA teams make between competing and developing. It's not, you can't do both, typically. In fact, last season, Draymond Green got on TV and complained pretty loudly about how hard it is to be a team that has championship aspirations and play young guys. How do you play developing players on a good team? He said some more F words because he's more apt to do that, but this is a family show. I'm not going to swear here. And I agree with Draymond in that instance. There's, there's some other stuff I don't always agree with, but I agree. If you are competing for a playoff spot in as challenging as the West is, 
it is hard to play guys who need developmental minutes. The best case scenario is that Shaden Sharp doesn't need developmental minutes. He's an NBA player and ready to go, but the likely role for him is that he does need developmental minutes. He hasn't played that much high-level basketball. He's gonna need time, even if he's really good. Like, even if this dude is a star, he's gonna need seasoning to get there. Even the best rookies typically do not contribute to playoff level winning. Certainly there are exceptions, like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley were incredible, but even the best rookies typically put them out there and they're really, really good, do not contribute in terms of like positive, consistent positive contributions to teams that are, you know, competitive at, at the, you know, upper levels of the playoffs or like, you know, five seeds and above. All, there are exceptions. And I think this might be some of my controversial beliefs is that is that rookies, it's not that they don't deserve to play. It's that it's just, it's just reality of the game that it's hard to play them. So I think Sharp's just existence on the roster, the Blazers' decision to go with Sharp, a young player with so little seasoning who's, who, who, who very likely will take time, it complicates the choice. The Blazers' absolute best chance to get a star is to draft someone just like Shaden Sharp. Their best chance to win a championship is to draft a star, and, and Shaden Sharp certainly has star potential. This is their best path forward. But as the team is currently constructed, they don't necessarily have room for patience and developmental minutes. So... On draft night, when 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 Sharp was was selected, I said like, "There's reason to be excited," but the the choice, given the team's position, is confusing, and it is it remains confusing today. Damon Lillard is in his early thirties. Jeremy Grant's pushing up there as well. Uh, use of Nurkic while he signed a four year contract is you know is, is, is entering his physical prime, 27, 28 years old as as the season rolls along. Every time, and certainly young, but entering his fifth year in the league. You look at the rest of the bench contributors, Josh Hart in his late 20s, uh, uh, Gary Payton in his late 20s, Justice Winslow, about that same age. That is a team, this is a team constructed to go for it. Not it being a championship, but it being the playoffs, right? This isn't a team constructed for patience. And you can sit on your couch or wherever you might be listening to this, you're driving along in your car, uh, listen, listen to this, uh, listen to a little internet radio or watching this on YouTube, whatever it might be, and say like, well, the Blazers aren't going to, aren't going to, you know, they're not, they can't compete this year, so they got to be patient, they got to wait for next year. And I, I think there's some truth to that. But that is a hard sell to Damian Lillard, who just committed to this team for several seasons to say, okay, this year's kind of just, uh, just a stepping stone to what's next. Even if he knows that, Playing guys' developmental minutes and like prioritizing youth, like Shaden Sharp would be getting him minutes if he's not ready to go, is is a tough sell to a veteran. It's a tough sell to someone entering free agency and very likely negotiating contract extension like Jeremy Grant. It's a tough sell. Hey, we're gonna play some developmental minutes. Hey, we're gonna we are using this year to develop a young young players on the roster. You typically have to make a choice. You typically have to make a choice. You can do both sometimes if you're the Warriors and you're really stinking good. But the way Portland's roster is constructed, the draft pick of Shaden Sharp is a tricky one. It is hard to both go for it with your a 32-year-old franchise pillar and be patient with a 19-year-old hopeful future star. That is a time, those are dual timelines, the timeline of development and the timeline of competition. 
Like I said, the Blazers don't necessarily have room for patience. So if I had to guess what Shaden Sharp's role will be, I said he doesn't play that much. Because I think early, the team has to prioritize going for it. It doesn't mean he won't play at all. In fact, the best, in my like estimation, the best way to find out if you if a rookie can contribute is to get him in early. In the first 10 or 15 games, get him some real minutes, real minutes on the court. I want to see Shaden Sharp get a, not cameos at the end of blowouts and stuff like that. I want to see a night where they say, we're going to play this kid 10 minutes and see what he's got. And if he's good, another 10 minutes the next night and figure out from there, right? And if he's not good, then you make the decision. If he can't play or he's, he's struggling or, or you're really getting killed in those minutes because, again, he's a teenager playing in the M- the Western Conference of the NBA, sure, then you make your decision. But I think early on, you got to find out what you have. But if I had to guess like what his role will be, it's it's outside of the rotation. This team has Anthony Simons at two. They've got Nazir Little at three. They've got Josh Hart, who's probably going to play some minutes at two, three, and four. They've got Gary Payton, who is sort of a guard on defense, but a big man on offense, but is smaller. So you probably have to play him in slots where he's a two or a three. Nazir Little is going to play minutes at three and the four. Justice Winslow is going to play minutes at probably three, four, and five. Like, this is, you know, Damon Lillard is going to play 36 minutes a night at point guard, so you can kind of knock those minutes out of there. If you are going to play Shaden Sharp, it is at the expense of one of those gentlemen, not not Damon Lillard, and probably not Anthony Simons, right? Like, it's those guys are penciled in. If you're going to choose to play Shaden Sharp, it's at the expense of a Nazir Little or a Josh Hart or a Gary Payton or a Justice Winslow. It's one of those guys. That's for a team that needs wants to improve on defense, for a team that needs to prop up its its guards, its starting backcourt with better defenders. Is Shaden Sharp the answer to that question? To me, no. So I don't think he will play very much. And I don't think that's a problem. I think it's fine. In fact, I think he can still be a star in this league if he is a limited contributor in year one. I understand the itch to want to play him. And I certainly want to see him get minutes early. I do not want to like still have mysterious feelings about Shaden Sharp as we enter the new year. If we get to January and he hasn't really played very much or he's played very sparingly, it'll be a bummer. That stinks. That is not that is not the way to handle developmental minutes. But I don't think you need to carve out a role for him. I don't think he needs to play 15 minutes a night if he's not ready, because if you are if you are want to be good. You kind of have to choose that path of being competitive. If you want to be a team with developmental minutes, let's get Keon and Shane Sharp out there and see what happens. But that probably means you need to make decisions with Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart about what the future is. If you choose the blue pill, (laughs) you wake up in your bed and you're a team with developmental minutes. If you choose the red pill, you go for the playoffs and you find out how good you are. There isn't a purple pill in this one. There is no combination. I think Shaden Sharp, a realistic role for him, is someone who doesn't play as a rookie because of the way the roster works. I think there's a scenario where he outperforms that expectation pretty quickly, but I think the most realistic expectation is that he doesn't play because this team wants to make the playoffs, and it's hard to make the playoffs playing a 19-year-old a whole bunch of minutes. I want Shaden Sharp to be a star. I host the Lockdown Blazers podcast. If Shaden Sharp is a superstar, this podcast is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I'm rooting for it. Straight up. But my realistic expectation is that he's a mostly a non-contributor in year one. That is going to do it for today's show. The best case scenario is that I 
am very wrong, right? Is that you can replay the last four minutes of this podcast to me and say, you're an idiot. I look forward to that. If it is, it's like the 21 minute mark of this show. Be sure to look it up and send it my way, lockdownblazerspod at gmail.com. This is just number two. We are going to roll through every player on the roster. Uh, the way I have it mapped out now is that these will we will get every single player on the roster with player previews up through the first week of October as the preseason games begin. Some news is going to pop up. Some things are going to change. The schedule will get pushed around a little bit. But these are a lot of fun. I like doing them because they give you a snapshot in time of what I believed in September heading into the preseason. And then when we get to the end of the year, you can say like, was, you know, was I, was I about right? Or was I super wrong? And then which direction was I super wrong in? So we'll keep rolling these along. Uh, they're evergreen. So you can listen to them, you know, all preseason long. So if you missed the Avery Simons one, check it out. If you are listening back to this, uh, you know, we're rolling these out through the end of October, or through the first week of October, the end of September, first week of October. So check them. There'll be a whole bunch of fun. Stick with them. And do me a favor. Come back for the next one. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Tell your friends about the show. Tell them they can find it wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.